Ladies and gentlemen, this is the AVP in the International. <laughs> Let's get that right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AVP International. Real name, Amede Ogbahase Unwabona. That is the real name, not the government name. The government didn't give me my name. They can't spell my name, they can't pronounce my name, and the sure as heaven don't know what the name actually means. So this is the AVP and Friends podcast, and today we have my homegirl, who I'm going to call on purpose, the Ivorian Queen, <laughs> Yaba. Hey. Hey, how you doing? I'm quite nice. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah, you yeah. always, you always like move with this um, just wonderful air of radiance and calmness about you. I am calm. As always. I think that's how I like to move. What are you like when you're vexed? Pardon? What are you like when you're vexed? I didn't get that. When you are vexed. Why am I vexed? When you are vexed. What, what you oh. like? You're probably equally as calm, isn't it? No, actually, I think one of the reasons why I am calm is because I am very extreme in my emotions. Okay. So I just like to be balanced. Okay. So then I am not taken up too high or down too low. So, yeah, I am not like a safe vexed person. So I try mm. not to get vexed. I know how to manage my emotions quite well. Last time you got vexed, what happened? Oh, actually, <laughs> it was, I mean, I wasn't vexed to that extent. Like, it was more like annoyed. It was on, it was on, Um, was it Wednesday? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so, tell us. No, I mean. You have to say no names. <laughs> we just see what happened. I don't know. Um, I guess it's got to do with time and people not respecting the value of my time. I was late this morning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, that was not an indirect, but um, I think it just made me realise, because, I mean, everybody gets late, you know, we're all late. And I think because I've just moved into my own space and when people tell you they want to come over and you say yes, you actually prepare for those people to come over, right? That's correct, yeah. So when the opposite ends up um, happening and you're not told in advance, that's just very annoying because it's like... I respect my time. I value my time. I am preparing mm -hmm. for you. So do show up when you say you're going to. Mm -hmm. But um, that's also a lesson for me because mm -hmm. one of my very good friends hates tardiness. So I think in that moment, I got to understand exactly how she feels <laughs> when I'm like 10 minutes late. And yeah, I totally get it. Or maybe more. So what did that person miss out on? They didn't come to your yard. You prepared some Just... food. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a feast or anything, but it was just good vibes, a good conversation, and just they missed out on a nice, lovely environment. Yeah, and, and a fantastic bottle of wine. Yes. This 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 bottle of red that that I discovered at. Yes. Yeah. What, what what tell us? Apothic red. Apothic red. <laughs> yes. Oh, Apothic rouge. <laughs> no, uh, my friend put me on it, and I was like, wow, this is like a very nice, easy red wine to drink mm. uh, it's very smooth mm. uh, yeah i do love my red so but that was a very nice put on or bring in you'll say a glass of wine a day is good for the heart or something like that yeah i mean i guess the french would like to believe that but um, <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have a glass of wine every single day might be good for the heart but maybe not for the liver you know mm -hmm. so um but there's so many things that i want to i want to touch on with you and just about who you are yeah. Um, and where you've come from and who you are right now. So I think let's start with, um, do you know what, before record, record blah, blah, me and me, me tongue, my tongue tied, let me just slow it down, <sighs> breathe. Ooh, so. Here's what I'm gonna start with. So before we, we recorded this um, this pod, um, and I was doing my, my test recordings with you and um, I called you the Ivorian Queen, it yeah. kind of triggered you. Tell us more about this word, Queen. Well, maybe trigger's not the right word, but okay. I've literally, I think maybe three months ago, um, my friend told me the etymology of the word queen, mm. right? And what it means, and it means prostitute. So Q-U-E-A-N, prostitute. So that's the um, etymology of the word queen. So now whenever I hear queen, I just think back to the original meaning of the word. And Is it from where? Like Old English or...? Uh, I don't Latin? know specifically, probably Latin. Um, I don't know specifically, but I just remember when she told me, I was like, I cannot believe it. So I went and I did like a quick Wikipedia search and it was like etymology of the word queen means Harlot. prostitute. Ah! And I was like, ah, you're interesting. Not a queen. You're not a queen. <laughs> you're, you're, you're king's wife to be. 
I mean, I, I get the sentiment and I get the intentions <laughs> and I know that, you know, it's just one of those terms of endearment um, that I guess are meant to uplift mm. people. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just like to be called by my name. Mm. <laughs> Yaba. Yeah. Where does that name from come from? So I recently found out, not recently, so five, no. Yeah, five years ago now, um, I went to Ivory Coast and saw my dad for after I believe maybe like a good 14 years. And um, I would always complain to my mom and ask her, so why did I have an African name? Because at school, first of all, nobody thought I was African, right? Everybody, you know, most people placed me in um, a Caribbean country, um, apart from the Congolese girls that were in my school, because, you know, Congo, somewhat Francophone, they know of Ivory Coast. So the fact that I did not have uh, African seeming names, I mean, most of my names are French, apart from my surname, but then again, unless you know about your African countries and your heritage, you wouldn't even guess that, you know, my surname is also African and what have you. So, I used to complain, so when I met my dad and then I brought it up and then he said to me, your African name is actually Yaba, I was like, oh, really? Mm. You know, I was, I, I was, I was very happy because it's just one of those things, you know, because I am a proud African. I mean, I was born in Africa. I am, I have like a foot set there and I go back as much as I can. And that's what I know. So Africa was what I knew before I knew this place and everything. Ivory there Coast, is to, be here. to be precise, right? Yeah, Ivory Côte Coast, Côte d'Ivoire, to be mm -hmm. to be precise. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe it didn't hurt my feelings so much, but I used to get annoyed that nobody placed me <laughs> <laughs> from the continent that I actually came from. So when he told me, I was I felt like that was probably you know like a gift, you know, um, to be able to be told that this is the name, and mm. you know I gave you this name because it was the name of my aunt who raised me and she passed away during the year that in the year that you were born in that was really special to me so i took that name on mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything um in my dad's native tongue but it means something in my mom's native tongue mm -hmm. so my mom is from um the east of ivory coast uh, a place a place called anibleko so anibleko was once upon a time part of ghana so you right. know where akan yeah. And our ethnic group is called Anyi. So um, in our dialect, Yaba means, um, you know, we have arrived. Mm -hmm. We have come. We're here. So I just feel, I feel like I embody um, that spirit and that energy. Actually, just that just reminds me, because you, 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 we've spoken about your name a couple of days ago. Yeah. And it just reminds me that, wait, I have a cousin in Zambia. Um, his name is Waza. Mm. We'll call him Waza for, for short. Mm -hmm. um, his full name is Wazas. It's actually Wazaso, mm -hmm. I think. And That's um, a beautiful name. yeah, it is. And it's I think it's named after I think his uncle or grand one somebody. And he was really good at football. Mm. And the name Wazaso means um, um, he has come. Mm. According to my mum, I might be wrong. You know, she might be wrong, but yeah, it means he has come. <laughs> Wazaso, he has come. So yeah, just that. The importance of names and i always find it interesting when um i like to ask people what does your name mean and they say oh it doesn't mean anything like, uh -uh. yeah everything I, has a meaning yeah i got the sense of that and then yeah <laughs> my I guess the name that people most people know me by is deborah or i should say deborah um i like the meaning of that name too simply because of who um deborah was mm -hmm. in the bible mm -hmm. the prophetess i feel like i embody a lot of her characteristics and I really enjoy having that name yeah. I'm not gonna give my other names but I love all of my names and um, love what they mean what they represent and I feel like I embody the spirit of those names too so if there was a name out there that you could also just take an add to yourself what name would that be it would actually be my mum's surname mm -hmm. what is right that? um Cabron uh, not because it sounds beautiful, but um, I have a bit of of a history with surnames. Um, so my surname Sago uh, is my stepdad's surname. Um, Wait, is that the 
the anglicized pronunciation of your name. Is it, is it you're saying Sago, but I'm assuming it would be Sago. That's how I would yeah, have read it. It would be it would be Sago. So let's give them the way it's meant to be properly said. I mean, the name is originally Ghanaian, right? So yeah. Sago is my dad's <laughs> is my stepdad's surname. And before then I had my dad's surname, mm-hmm. which is um Zawi. Mm-hmm. I think I may have spoken to you about this and how my obsession with the letter Z Yes you have. Yeah tell comes us. from. Yeah. Um but before I tell you, um because I've had like two surnames. I feel like the one surname that I feel um, I deserve to have is my mum's surname because okay. she's been the constant thing in my life. And also my granddad, my granddad was like, you know, he was one of my favorite persons um, in the world. Well, I should say one of my favorite men, right? Um, in the whole world. And you know, my uncle as well, my mom's older brother, is one of my favorite men in the whole world. And I just feel like I need to have their name because you know, mm. that's my family. I mean, I don't even care about my mom's maternal side of the family. <laughs> I, I mean, the name is beautiful too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Malong. Malong. Um, but yeah, I just want to have, I feel like if I needed to have anybody's surname, I would want it to be my mum simply because it's her name, it's the name of her dad. Mm. And um, I feel more connection mm. to that name. Mm-hmm. So about the name, the obsession with the letter Z, um, that comes from, so when I came to England, um, I was supposed to, I guess, stay in contact with my dad, but then, you know things did not happen in the sense that they were supposed to mm-hmm. and then I think right before I turned like 21 and stuff I became obsessed with um, finding him just wanting to know whether or not you know mm. he was still around then mm. you know knowing in particular um, about the events that were happening in Ivory Coast um, what since the early 2000 and you know because of the ethnic tribe that he's from like just a bunch of stuff that's happened. So um, I used to say, do you know what? Like as part as guess as some sort of consolation prize, I would say, well, if I never get to, you know, see my dad again, um, if I ever do have kids, yeah, um, I think I'm gonna honor him by, you know, calling my all of my children, um, having their name begin, their names begin with Z, and that's how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the obsession began. May I head into speaking about? Zavi? Yes, yes, your first daughter. My only child. Yeah, um, I say first because I believe there's more coming. You think? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I want <laughs> twins to come. I don't know how I'm going to make that happen. but um, It's it said that Nigerians are the, the what's the word? We, we, we are the biggest twin producers. Is it? In, on, you know, on earth, basically. I have three or three sets of twins on my father's side, including Amazing. my brother's. Amazing. Yeah. I had a couple uh, that didn't make it. Yeah. Um, and there's three, including my brothers, that do exist. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, we have twins in our family too. My grandmother had two sets and my dad had a set of twins. Yeah. I'm not hinting at anything, baby, <laughs> <laughs> Um So, yeah, I mean... It would be it would be lovely. I don't know why I have an obsession with twins. I don't know. It may have to do, I guess, with the fact that I grew up with my mum's... Um, sisters who were twins, right? So we're very close mm. in age. Mm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like twins, like things that come in pair are just, I don't know, perfection in a sense. I don't know why I feel that way, but it's just one of those obsessions that might make sense to me mm. perhaps in the future. But I like what I like and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, speaking of what you like, mm. liking what you like, one thing I've learned about you since, because um, you've, you've spent some time away in Ivory Coast, and yeah. I haven't seen you for, what, is it three, four years yeah. or so? Um, so very recently you've, you've come back and you've, you've moved to East London, well, yeah. you've moved deeper into East London, yeah. closer to where I live, yeah. and um, we've just kind of picked up where we left off. Mm-hmm. I would like to touch on how we first met in a second, mm-hmm. but one thing I've really discovered about you is your deep, deep love for the color blue Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of people that say my favorite color is x my favorite color is y my favorite color is z but you're actually about this blue life you're you're (laughs) you're like a melanin avatar for real like and like yeah you tell us about this love for blue your handbags blue your dress is blue your coat is blue made some paintings for you they're blue go to your space there's blue blue everywhere 
Your ah. socks are blue. Your Crocs are blue. Yes, mm -hmm. I love my Crocs. <laughs> like this morning when I was getting dressed, I just looked down at my feet and I was like, ah, oh, you make me so happy, Crocs. Tell us um, about this relationship you have with blue. Um, I can't even tell you where it started. Mm. Um, I guess I like the feeling, right? So for me, it's about the feeling and the different use of blue. So blue in its darkest shade, you know, it's not black. It's quite dark, but then it's like ink, there's isn't like, it? yeah, yeah, there's like, I don't know, the color blue soothes me. I feel like it matches my state of like my emotional state of being mm. right so we talked about me being having a very calm energy mm -hmm. i feel like blue has that you know it can be calm but also intense mm. you know and i think that's probably why i relate to it mm. so much i mean it sounds crazy how could you relate to a color yeah. but um, <laughs> i don't know blue just makes me happy yeah I was watching these um the, the, these three there's a series of three documentaries that came out on the BBC a few years ago. Um it's called A History of Art in Three Colours, White, Gold and Blue. And I loved what what the um, the history of blue. Mm -hmm. Um it was a, a t it was a color which wasn't found in paintings for a long time because the pigment wasn't, you know, couldn't be found anywhere and it was yeah. seen as this um, unreachable tone. Mm -hmm. um, you look into the sky, it's blue, but when you get into the sky, you don't, you can't actually grab the blue. Yeah. You look into the ocean, it's blue, deep blue, various tones, calming. You, you hold the water in your hand, it it's good. transparent. Yeah. So what is blue? Is blue this phantom color that only the eyes can see, but your hands can, can't, can, can't mm. hold? And it was said that, um, I think it's from, uh, you know, trading, you know, mar mar maritime trading between, I think, Afghanistan or somewhere in that region, mm -hmm, Middle East, mm -hmm. um, and and uh, Venice, if I'm not mis if I'm correct, I hope I'm correct. Anyways, but trading was happening. Yeah. And um, there's a stone in that part of the world in, mm -hmm. in the Middle East called um, uh, lapis lazuli. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, like blue stone, mm -hmm. and that stone was then. Um, used to create um, the blue pigment, which was put into paintings, and it was right. used as a, a you know, a, a, a something to buy, something mm -hmm. to sell in Europe, mm. um, and that's how it seeped into paintings. And because of the history of how they saw blue, it became blue tend to be the color which was painted onto the cloaks of very, very re important, revered individuals in paintings. Like yeah. Jesus would have a blue, a blue cloak around him, or a particular king would have. Isn't that, isn't that brand new? Because um, I mean, I grew up as a Catholic, so mm. blue is usually in paintings or in depictions of mm. um, Bible characters um, tends to be like a female color, ah. right? Didn't and, know that. and red, um, you know, was the male yes. color. When you look at Byzantine paintings, you notice that red is in a lot of male colors. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. I did remember when I studied GCSE art and design, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I can't remember. I think one one of those big galleries on, mm -hmm. in, in in London, um, which has lots of our artifacts. Anywho, <laughs> um, I do remember the the tour guide explaining that you know the blue was maybe I can't remember the period of those paintings, but it was mm -hmm. used to signify who the most revered individual what? was in those paintings. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's blue. That's where the kind of color blue comes from. Yeah. And I've grown a love for ultramarine blue. When I, whenever mm. I'm buying paints, there's there's a tone called there's Prussian blue, then there's ultramarine blue, which is mm -hmm. meant to be very close to lapis lazuli blue, and it's, mm -hmm. it's like a very deep, deep, intense, solid. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's a that's blue. That's blue, blue for real. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we have the the, the artist in the mid-century artist uh, Yves Klein, mm -hmm. who created his own tone of blue, of blue. international Klein blue. Um, and I, I think I can relate to what you were saying when I went to Paris and I eventually saw one of his paintings. Mm -hmm. um, it's like a it's a, it's a uh, a clay, I think it's a clay model of a, of a boy mm -hmm. painted in international client blue, and it's like, ooh, mm -hmm. and it's sitting against a gold backdrop, yeah, in a white space, yeah, and the it's 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 intense, but it's not, hmm, the blue is it's intense, but it's not uh, does it doesn't 
encroach on you, if that's the word. It doesn't mm. try to uh, hit you. Yeah. It's just saying, I'm here, mm -hmm. but you're safe. Mm -hmm. It's cool, but I'm here, bro. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah, I mean, in yeah. hearing you speak, the feeling that I got was if I was to get lost in a space that was like, <laughs> you know, blue, if I was to kind of like get sucked into an alternative, you know, universe and yeah. it was all blue, I would be able to find my way <laughs> <laughs> um, in that space. I don't know. I like that, you know, the colour can be soft, light. And I love the intensity of it. I guess all colours mm. can, you know, work in that way. But I just feel like it's such, it's such a powerful colour for me. And yeah, whenever I see something blue, my spirit literally just jumps up and mm. it makes me happy. I can't explain why. It just makes me happy and I accept that. And Do you I know love what? that. Thinking about blue. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking about, you're wearing a really beautiful cloth right now, mm -hmm. um, which is not blue, it's yellow and black and orange. Mm -hmm. And it just led me to think about the colours I think about when I think about the African continent, when I think mm. about going back home. And blue isn't one of the colours. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, the only time I, rem I personally remember blue was my sister's wedding. We all, right. the, the colours was um, pink villa caps and mm -hmm. blue um, Agbara, who mm -hmm, wore blue, mm -hmm, and it was like mm -hmm. a baby blue, mm -hmm. a light blue. So that's the only time I remember receiving blue, but otherwise I, I tend to see lots of reds and burnt oranges and browns and yellows and golds and yeah. clay tones, you know, earthy tones. So don't know, what, does that trigger anything for you, that observation? That's interesting, because I mean, when you take a look at the African, you know, flags, Mm. in general, um, like the colour tones or the colour schemes for West African flags kind of tend to sort of be in the same yeah. sort of ballpark. And it's very easy to get the flags confused, right? Because you've got like Senegal, Cameroon, Benin and yeah. Togo. I mean, they're different, but the colours are practically the same. You mm -hmm. just have to know how they're positioned. Yeah, I don't know why none of them have used the colour blue. I feel like it's maybe like the Sierra Leone has blue in their flag. Somalia has blue. Somalia has blue. Very um, light blue, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't South know. Africa's flag has... No, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. No, it doesn't. Swaziland it doesn't. has a touch of blue. Yeah. Very interesting flag they have. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If I was... If I ever became president of a place, that would definitely... Botswana has blue. Be Namibia blue. has blue. Yeah, I would love to go touch. to Botswana. Yeah. 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 I kind of feel like I may have left a part of me in East Africa. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. They're yeah. more south. Everyone keeps calling these regions east. Isn't it like east? Uh, maybe we're, do you know what? I'm not even going to try and justify that. <laughs> I'm just miseducated. No, I think, I think it's just the perception of like the geography. Like. Yeah, I think it's because when you think of South Africa, you just think... South. You don't think Southern Africa, you just think of South, South Africa. Africa yeah. So anything that tends to fall, you know, in the Southern parts of Africa, we ignorantly, I guess, you know, like to push it up to the East. Yeah, because we're very South. Than even push it, push I'm half Zambian and we, I, I see us to be, we're very South African as people. See, I would love to go to um, Zambia simply because it's, it's a country that begins with Z. It's nice. It's calm. <laughs> It's a very calm place. Yeah. It's one of the places where I tend to say to people, if you've never been to the continent before, yeah. you know, everybody wants to go to, they want to see Lake, they want to see Lagos, you know, I'm like, yo, yo. I mean, yeah, go, but mm -hmm. make sure you go with someone that can translate for you because you don't dupe your life. Mm. <laughs> you come back naked <laughs> if you come back <laughs> or you come back married. Yeah. <laughs> but Zambia is a very, um, very, uh, very calm environment. Of mm -hmm. course, everywhere you go, there is, Left, right, centre, you know, do your thing. But, um, but yeah, it's a very calm place to go. And the waterfall, the mm. Victoria Falls, the Moziotunia, one of the greatest natural landmarks I've experienced in my life. Yeah. It translates as the smoke that thunders, Moziotunia. Yeah, and um, Zimbabweans and Zambians tend to have this um, discussion about, you know, no, we own it, no, we own it, no, we own it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it owns itself, you know. It's Amen. just man and men and the human being and the egos and trying to be territorial, but it owns yeah, itself. It so. does own itself. It's ours. Yeah, we'd love to go to Zambia, actually. Go, man. Ethiopian Airways, go straight there. Lovely land. Mm. Lusaka, six-hour drive after that. 
Wow. Yeah. Actually, there is an airport, Victoria Falls Airport, which is on the Zimbabwean side, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, there's an airport that lands right there, so you can visit. Beautiful. You're welcome. You're most, more than welcome to visit um, the greatest waterfall on the planet. Can't wait. Woo! Definitely going to have to plan it. Um, yeah. I think for me, <laughs> um, returning back, to the African continent is something that is so important to me. And I guess it's important because that's where I come from, from, mm. you know, because like I was like said, <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, before I knew this country, I knew Africa, mm. right? So it's only natural for me that I, you know, I don't want to escape and go live anywhere else because I feel like it's such a, it's a massive place and you know wherever you go like i just feel like you can have all of the different experiences um the different thrills of life that you seek um on the continent mm. you know you just have to move around it and actually search for it so that's one of the things that i see myself doing um mm. which is why it's important that i have just the one child because two children <laughs> that flat ticket expensive and it's like <laughs> whereas i could just pick up my zavi and be like yeah zavi we're going to kenya in february come okay, on let's go and be like yeah let's yeah, go that's dope so i mean yeah i guess i could only just hope to be abundant so then even with two or three children you know, we can still live those experiences because it is very important. The continent is important for me. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a? Uh, um, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is the right term to use, but some kind of. Uh, I'll just say, I've got an issue with the term black at the moment, but black privilege we have, mm. um, and I say this because like, over the years I've realised the 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 difference. We as black people, or the African diaspora, we are, there's a, there's a very, very different mm -hmm. period. On the continent, one country alone has heaps of tribes which differentiate us. Um, we, we end up, we are in Europe and in the different countries of Europe, the black African Caribbean communities also differ. How they mm -hmm, live is mm -hmm. different. Um, um, black people in London are not the same as black people in Manchester, are not the same as black people in Paris, black That's people true. in Amsterdam, in Berlin, in Vienna. Um, we're, we're very different. And you can tell Isn't when you... Isn't that beautiful though? Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm just saying it's, it's a wonderful <laughs> thing. What I'm saying about this black privilege is that thing of when I went to, when I crossed the Atlantic for the first yeah. time, and I remember sitting down with a poet and asking her, uh, so, you know, where are you from? You know, and that's a conversation we would have. Where are you mm -hmm. from? And you can tell me um, the, the country, you can tell me the tribe, you can tell me where your name's from, mm -hmm. and I can do the same. Um, you, can say, you can say you've been there. And I asked her, so where are you from? And she said to me, well, I'm from here. I was like, oh, but I said, but where your, where your, where's your heritage from? She said, oh, well, I know that my grandma's from down south, but that's as far as I know. And my heart sank. And it just, I can't fathom that not knowing that my skin don't come from here, mm. my nose don't come from here, my lips don't come from here, my rhythm ain't from here, but I just don't know where that phone line leads to. And then knowing there's that in-betweener, knowing that in London, there's, there's a, you know, I went to school with a lot of Caribbean folk mm -hmm. and they're all very proud of their islands, you know, there's, you know, not until Carnival comes out, everybody's flag is out. The St. Lucia flag, the mm -hmm, Dominica flag, mm -hmm. the Asian flag, the St. Kitts, yeah. you know, all the flags are out. And they at least know the island they come from. But there's still that thing of like, I need to trace back my heritage. I'm not sure where it's from. It, could it be Ghana? Could it be Cameroon? Oh, I discovered that they've got a bit of Polish in me too. Mm. And a bit of Chinese and sa 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 sa. So there's, there's a... That's why I'm calling it, would you say this is a kind of black privilege? That we are privileged to know the fact that I'm, I'm two phone calls away from my, yeah. my dad's village in Edo State, Urumi. Yeah. I'm two phone calls away from Chipata in Zambia. Mm -hmm. Two calls, mum can you connect me with so-and-so, yes. Mm -hmm. And then bang, mm -hmm. you know, if they even use telephone in one, one or two villages. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's your thoughts on that? 
And have you ever experienced that kind of, um, that feeling where you've met someone who's, you've literally come face to face with someone who actually can't trace their lineage away from the place they live? Mm. Well, if they can't trace their lineage, um, there's obviously a reason why and I think we've also got to be very respectful because just because we're able to trace um, you know our lineage back to you know where we come from directly Mm. um, you know I just feel like we have to it's not it's one of it's not one of those things I feel like we should feel sorry for the people who are not able to do that. Because, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, I guess in the case of black Americans, um, I feel like they have every right to claim being, you know, black Mm. Americans and African Americans Mm. because that's that's, that's where they come from. Like, they participated, you know, they, they built you know, the country. So if they want to be that, then that's okay. And I hear that. it's, yeah. it's additional. It's even more of like, a, it's like a top up benefit, you know, um, if, if they, if they want to go and trace their lineage back to the continent that they came from, um, or that they come from, I should say, because we have to understand that, that for them might also be like a source of pain. Mm. Mm. You know, and it's not one of those things that I just feel like we should disregard. And I don't, I feel like when we're having this this, this discussion, we probably shouldn't put the word black next to privilege. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think we should just call it privilege. And um, I think we're all privileged in different ways. Yeah. You know, we're all privileged in different ways. And I said we shouldn't put the word black privilege black next to privilege because of how of how it can be um politicized so yeah. imagine a white person hearing black privilege they might want to jump on that and then you know make it a thing and say well you know there is black privilege you know like yeah. you know what i'm trying to say try to kind of like yeah deter or kind of like distract us from the actual conversation that we're happening of course you know there's diff- like wherever you go you will find privilege we're all privileged you know in different ways um but no, I don't think I've ever met a person who wasn't able to, you know, tell me where they came from. Because if you tell me this is where you're from, I'll accept it. Yeah, right? Like, I, I where get are that you side from? Of the coin. Yeah. You know, I think it's only, I only find it just unfortunate when you can, when you look at someone in the face and you can, you can recognize. Because I think as Africans, particularly if you're West African, you're Nigerian, Ghana, like, if you, know where you come from you can easily look at one person and identify so i always find it um kind of like sad you know when someone you ask someone where are you from and then like in the answers to you you can just tell that they are answering you so that they are not associated with the Mm. place that their parents or their grandparents have Mm. come from um, because there's like this shame that's there. And for me, I may not understand it because like I said, I was born in Ivory Coast. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> so my experience is a black British person. It's not your experience because I'm only British by naturalization, right? Yeah, I'm British by birth. Yeah. And it's because um, when I'm when I'm when I was over there and I was like, oh you're you're English. I'm like, no, nah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm British, but I'm not English. Mm-hmm. And to me, the difference between being English and British is that when I think of being English, I relate that to the blood running through my veins. Mm. I don't have English blood running through no. my veins. I live in England. Yeah. But being British is a citizenship. Yeah. So I'm a citizen of Britain. I yeah. was born and raised in Britain. Yeah. So yes, I am Britain. Yeah. If I was a footballer, for example, I would play for Great Britain yeah. in the Olympics. I don't think I'll play for England in the World Cup though. Mm. I'd probably play for Nigeria or I'd play for Zambia. Yeah. Like, if I'm really going to talk about where does my, what, what blood is pumping through my veins and arteries, mm. it's Zamgerian, straight mm. up. <laughs> um, and one thing I do find amazing, though, is the fact that um, the privilege I think we have here... Oh, do you know what? Scrap that word privilege. It's, it's just a beautiful thing that we have, is the fact that I can... Not even that I can... When we ask each other, so where are you from? We instantly revert to... The country that we're from, all my all my homies that I grew up with, so where are you from? I'm from Ghana. 
Mm. Yeah, and there's this yeah, surprise. And I think I'm, I'm so used to hearing that. So when I hear the opposite, it makes me stop. So one of the things that I experienced um, living in England, so when I first started secondary school. When did you move um, here, by the way? In 2003. Wow. So I started secondary school in... Uh, 2004. So you were called freshie in school, were it? Ah. No, I don't think I was. That's the thing. I wasn't called a freshie. Sorry, simply because um, I wasn't called a freshie because I was from a French-speaking country. So when you say to people you're from Ivory Coast, so the ignorance kind of like saved me from just you know you that just, bullyish type of energy that you know <laughs> not even i think it's because i was distracted like i was distracted because my priority was you've got to learn to speak the language yeah that's what i was focused on so one of the things i never understood at school was when because i went to an old girl school um yeah it was in euston and um lots of black girls I guess the school was um, you know the majority of the girls who attended it were, were black and I would always get confused when you would ask somebody um, you know where are they from they would always say they were African mixed with something else mm. and knowing a little bit of geography and whatnot I'd look at them and think are you really like I never understood that right you know um, until I started growing in my contextual knowledge of this space and the experiences of, you know, black people and what it is that they've been exposed to. And I mean, I'm still understanding it, and understanding mix. it. Yeah. I still get called, like people say, um, I'm half Zambian, half Zambian. Everyone's still like, oh, that's a strange mix. Yeah. How did they mix? Yeah. No, but when I say people would lie about where they're from, they would be like, oh. I am African and Caribbean, or I am African and Filipino. And it's just kind of like, you just look like- There was a time. You're just that one. I know there was a time, there was a period of time where that was like the thing to yeah, do, I think right? I never understood that. I think it's a, it's a generation it, but... a little bit older than us where they would say, they would like to say they're Jamaican. That wasn't my, because I'm 30. Mm -hmm. Some of my peers, 35 mm -hmm. or so, when they were in, 35 up when they, when they were in school, they, they would yeah. say, I'm Jamaica or I'm from. So it wasn't cool to be African. Uh, it wasn't cool, yeah. but isn't it great to be African now? <laughs> Today, yeah. like. But even in school, like, being in secondary school, like, we were very, we loved being African. We loved it. Yeah. The, the Congolese I mean, people were distinct. Yes. The Nigerians and the Ghanaians were distinct. Yeah. And there was, it was clear. Where yeah. we, they spoke the language in the classroom. Um, then you had the Portuguese, Angolan Portuguese people as well. And that's how, that's how I learned. You mean the Angolans? Ango yeah, yeah, because yeah, they don't say. Like <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I guess. It's like me saying I'm from Ivory Coast and I'm, I'm you know, Ivory in French. It's like, no, I'm from Ivory Coast. Yeah. yeah well, some of them are actually, they're actually mixed. The ones, the ones I went to school with. Whatever. Yeah, but, no, no, yeah. Hot, <laughs> like, they were actually, there was, there was, can I say Anglo? Anglo is English, but Portuguese, white Portuguese blood. And you can tell, you look yeah, at their parents, yeah, like, I know. yeah, they're mixed. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the ones which are actually Angolan and they're banging out calling themselves um, Portuguese. Like, clearly, yeah. your nose is like like mine, yeah? It's yeah. conk strong, yeah? Yeah. You're, you're an African boy. Stop that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, I think I interrupted, interrupted what you're saying. What was I, what was I even saying? Um, your um, experience of, like, um, realising how... Realizing why when you was in school, people used to lie about where they come from. Yeah, I guess to me, it did not make sense. Um, I understand it now. And I certainly know that, well, I hope that that is um, no longer the case <laughs> today. But um, it's not something I felt I had to do. And it's also, I feel like people feel like they have to do that because other people around them don't make the effort mm. of wanting to learn where that person's from. So yeah. I remember one of my, um, so one of my friends at school when I first came, um, they were twins actually. So her, their mom, because I was from Ivory Coast and um, I spoke French, she was like, oh, you're French. And I remember saying, yeah, but then I was like thinking, why isn't she taking the time to actually like learn for herself? I mean, granted, you know, we didn't have access to information as we do mm. today, but yeah. it just starts with like, you know, a simple question, because I'm saying I'm from Ivory Coast, just mm -hmm. because you're hearing me speak French, mm -hmm. 
um, you're saying you're French and you probably know she would have never done that if, um, you know, she heard a Nigerian person speak English. You wouldn't say you're English, are no, you? Heck you are? No, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think people have to want to be informed in order to receive information which is why you know with everything that's happening in the world now all of the activism i am definitely um in agreement with the sentiment that <laughs> we're done having to educate you know people like the information is it's out there dead. for you to see it's, and it's find you know i am it's so not, not with anymore. the labor that people have to do just so that you know it's like it's your education if you want to be informed inform yourself you know so yeah one of the things i no longer i guess waste my time doing is um speaking about you know race and politics with people whom you know are having that conversation with you mm -hmm. because they are trying to get you to teach them in a way so i feel like there are certain conversations around race and politics that should only be that should only happen in safe spaces or when i say safe spaces i'm in between us um and it's like we don't spend our lives you know talking about the fact that we're black <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like really it's don't. uh it's uh it's it's like you know so now i try not to take the bait um and fall into it because it's very easy you know, to um, to be to be sucked in, and yeah, very easy. On the other side of that coin, though, mm -hmm. I think one thing I also I've come to realize is that, um, especially with um, the recent the current pandemic, yes, people are calling it a pandemic. I'm realizing <laughs> that um, as much as I see certain things, certain things pop up. The algorithm shows me certain things because of it knows what I, I generally search for and what mm. I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So I know about the masks being ineffective. Mm -hmm. I know what the term Corona means. Mm -hmm. um, I know what how that links to where we are in the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. I'm into that stuff. So I understand, I know the difference between parliament and government mm -hmm. and a guideline and a law. Mm. You know, I know the difference and that's why I don't wear a mask on public transport because it's a guideline, it's not mm -hmm. a law. Mm -hmm. Government don't, the government doesn't issue laws, they issue guidelines because mm -hmm. parliament has to do that. I'm aware of that stuff mm -hmm. and, and that stuff pops out to me. Mm -hmm. But to certain people it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's simply because that's not what, generally it's not what they look for or it's what, you know, people's lives, they're so, some people are so engrossed in their work, that's all they do mm -hmm. or their location, this is what they do. So that's, that's, that showed me that the movements, the natural movements of people's lives mm -hmm. can either open, mm, open or close, what's the, the flow of information that could be popped in front of them or not. Yeah. Um, and if, so if you're not kind of hinted or made aware of certain things to look at, it can be difficult for certain people to figure out where to look for information. That's true. This is not me giving um, giving a pass to mm -hmm. those who are struggling to find out about African history. No, I think what you've the, the example that you've given does not relate. It's not to that. Like I mean, that when it comes to that, that's. That's honestly not an excuse, you know. I guess I can understand what you're saying within Which the context of coronavirus and other, you know, social political things that yeah. are happening. Yeah. But when it comes to people and where they come from mm -hmm. and something, things that are like historical, you mm -hmm. know, like black is an issue for people all over the world, like people whom you even think have never seen a black person, you know, have an issue with black people, so no. Um, I don't, I don't, I won't give them, the, I want to, I won't give them the excuse of using yeah, that Exactly, as, as I said, I'm not saying yeah. it's an excuse, yeah. um, or, you know, a pass for them to be ignorant, but it's helped me understand that, that... So you have sympathy? <laughs> I don't think it's sympathy, it's an, it's, it's just an understanding that if, if, uh, even though there might be, you know, we might be shouting about certain issues or certain things or we if someone doesn't know where to look, sometimes some people I've learned straight up. Let me just be straight. A lot of people are lazy thinkers, and and it's not and it's 
there's a lot of lazy, 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 lazy. It's unfortunate for them, but yeah. they choose it. So yeah, there's a lot. The truth, there's a lot of lazy thinkers, and it's like, okay, cool. If they if they live in a particular bubble, if they live in a particular area, and in their homes, this is the the dialogue and the rhetoric and the culture, and their workplace is a particular kind of environment. That kind of exposure to really want to dig deep into certain matters is a lot slim, or there's a, there's a thinner desire. But then there's also that thing of they don't really want to go down that rabbit hole because they know it arrests them. It makes their bum cheeks clench, which I can also understand. Yeah. So there's an element of choice. There's an element. That's, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. You know, there's an element of choice yeah. of not wanting to know because of how it confronts. A lot of people don't like confrontation, but on the, at the same time, there's that thing of. Some a lot, a lot of people need bait. I think that's my personal opinion. They need that little, and then let them run up the baton. Well, I mean, I don't. Maybe I'm indifferent to that um, opinion. I'm not like for or against. Because it. there's a lot of things I realize I don't know, which I think I should know. No, but, it's simply but then because that's the my thing. bubble doesn't doesn't kind of lead me there. But that's the thing when you're expert. I mean, everybody can say that. That is such like. We don't know everything. That's that's a fact of life, right? True, but yeah. when you do come across um, things mm. and you want to know about it, you go out, you, you go and seek more information around it. Mm. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend two days ago and we were just talking about, you know, the human being. Um, and I've all said that the one thing that differentiates us from animals is this beautiful thing that we've been blessed with mm -hmm. you know the ability to choose yes that's what makes us the beings that we are we actually we have the freedom to choose you know and i guess when you're talking about choosing you're talking about free will and particularly because we live in england you mm. know our privilege um choosing is even more of a privilege than you know someone who lives like in a different country yeah. who um you know, is being dictated by the we government and what off. have you, yeah. right? Yeah. So I take the free, I, I take the freedom to choose quite seriously. Mm -hmm. So I know that I, as Deborah, cannot choose to be ignorant. I mean, yeah. it doesn't serve me. <laughs> yeah. But check this. Check this. Yeah. We we are people which we have the. I don't say best of. I would say we have access to both worlds. Mm. We know what it's like to be on the continent and really be, especially you more than I do as yeah. well. And we also know what it's like to be here yeah. and to experience different different parts of Europe as well. Yeah. You know, the freedoms we have. There's certain things we can come out and say and not be penalized for. And certain things in other places, it means I won't have my hands anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How much for those who have only seen Europe? This is all they, because the truth is, this is all they know. Some people, this is all they know. So it, it would have to take them literally lifting themselves out of their own world, coming into ours and seeing that, oh snap, okay. This is what, this is the privilege I realize I have to choose or to speak, you know? Um, that's what I'm talking about with the See, bubble uh, effects. Yeah, but I'm saying like what we all step we all step outside of our bubbles, you know, like naturally, because I mean, Do it we? All, it all, yeah, I mean, naturally, I mean, you will go places like where we live in a world that is so interconnected that you cannot say that you do not know about. I mean, if you, I guess that's what the media's for, yeah, to a certain extent. So, whether or not they are highlighting an wait, issue wait, 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 wait. positively or negatively, okay, they are flagging it because that's that's essentially you know, media platforms or the media itself are supposed to kind of like be impartial, granted because they're businesses and you know they're organizations they all have an agenda but the main thing that they do is to raise up issues right so if an issue is being flagged okay. yeah. <laughs> it's true because it's kind of like if you take i don't even want to name any publications and stuff but if you you know take like the typical reader of the daily mail and stuff yeah so the daily mail reports and things that um the Guardian reports about, mm -hmm. reports on, right? Mm. It's just that the angle mm -hmm. is different, mm -hmm. right? So they're receiving 
the I guess the the scope of what the issue is, mm-hmm. but the messages that they're being fed is different. Mm-hmm. So I am giving that example to say that you know the issue, the scope of the issue is being flagged. Okay, now if you're like a critical thinker and you want to know more about it, um, if if I guess maybe we should also talk about intention. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because intention, I believe in being intentional when it comes to everything that we do. If your intention is to kind of like closed off yourself and actually go negatively in the direction of what it is that you've always known, that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the opposite, because that's why you have people who once upon a time felt a certain way about something but then they were exposed to another truth which made them go in the opposite direction they had to choose that for themselves Mm -hmm. so i'm saying that to say that you know in this context we have the luxury to choose so i just don't waste my time debating or trying to um like educate people or it's not my job i just feel like we have access to information i do agree with you on it's that. not it's not it's not an excuse yeah you know? i just don't I, see it as well i do agree with you on that thing of like the information is is, is more readily more, more readily available than it's ever been yeah it's not hidden i mean there's still lots of information hidden in books in very you know high places but yeah. google ask a question the internet's a wonderful place. Wow, internet is a wonderful it's, place. It's liberating. The biggest rabbit hole on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so mad how things have changed. Like, my my most reliable source of news now is Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't trust BBC anymore. I don't trust IT. You? I don't trust the mainstream news outlets anymore, knowing where their money comes from, yeah. knowing that they have to bow to whoever's paying them, where yeah. their funds come from. And that they have an agenda, and knowing they that they have to have an agenda. Well, of course you got to have an agenda. <laughs> can you, wait, hold up. They have. Everybody can, has an agenda. But check. Here's a question: Can yeah. you ever have truly neutralized news outlets? No. Because you, I mean, you cannot have a business, or you cannot even move through life without having an agenda. So it's just one of those things that you have to have. You know, so I, I see what you mean. So I, I guess an agenda could be to be non-biased. But then, in being non-biased, are you being completely transparent? Because you have to That's choose. You question. have to pick and choose what you actually show. Right. So yeah. agenda is the thing that it starts with. I mean, that's why you have like different media outlets about different topics. I mean, you have different magazines. You have magazines about cats because, you know, that's the- I touched on magazines. I want to change the subject, <laughs> but we're going to talk about that in the last next, last 10 minutes, um, go on. That's, that's the agenda, <laughs> right? You know, the purpose of the magazine is to create content around cats for cat lovers or, mm-hmm. you know, so everything has to have some, they might call it purpose. You mm-hmm. can call it agenda, mm-hmm. goal, objective, but you have to, have a clear line of direction and mm. I think with media outlets and sometimes governments and whatnot, their agendas always have to be brought into um into question because yeah. things can be a bit insidious. Insidious. Yeah. Well, I like what um there's a doctor called Dr. Kate Shamarani. Um she calls the television the fool's lantern. Literally. Mm. So you, you, you mentioned you touched on the word magazine. Mm. I'm change the subject briefly. Um, going back to when we first met. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there's a knife and forks going on in the background, but yeah, people gotta enjoy their food. Um, <laughs> um, so when we met, um, in fact, do you know what? Tell us about when we met. Do you remember that time we met? The first time we met, and then. I know I was wearing blue. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that. I don't remember. I can believe that. Yeah. I know I was wearing blue. Um, it was at a gig. So a friend was performing and I attended with my very Say good friend. Say his name. Say his name. Alexander. Alexander London, baby. <laughs> was performing. Um, yeah. And um, I think you were hosting and also mm-hmm. doing um, backing vocals. Backing vocals. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know who approached who. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you approached me or if I approached you. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
And this podcast gonna sound real funky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it was great because I just remember, like, from when the show ended, we just spent time speaking. So I think yeah. it was you, myself, my good friend Samar, and we were in the company of maybe two other people. Mm. And I know that we were talking about creativity <laughs> things, and you know. My magazine came up, and I think that's how we connected. We connected over magazines. Magazine. Tell me about your magazine. Tell us uh, about your magazine. My magazine Zines. is like on on hiatus right now because um, I mean, it's the platform is called Afro Noir. Um, so I launched it in two thousand and thirteen. Um, where Sound, am I now? Sounds like a perfume. Afro Noir. Afro Noir. the toilet. <laughs> <sighs> uh, Afro Noir. So I launched it in 2013 and I think, you know, I stopped doing work around it because um, I'm evolving, right? So right now I'm in the process of repositioning it as something that's greater than. Because for me, it's very important that I... Mm -hmm. It's very important that... Um, this whole issue around um, recording stories. So I am trying to find a way to do it that's not, um, that, that can last forever. Mm. Um, you know, I've realized that I don't necessarily want it to be a business, you know, like okay. it's definitely, I've, I've used that for as a creative outlet. And that's one of the things I am trying to focus on um, developing. And if it ends up, making me some money i'm sure i won't complain but my priority is with that platform is black women what they do and how do i record and um their stories um so yeah mm. mm -hmm. so um i remember we were going to be working together on yeah. a publication called um Omar. Omar. Yeah. yeah yeah what could have that been um a beautiful, a beautiful magazine agenda. full of my agenda <laughs> for that magazine was the same as the same agenda as Afro Noir, which was representation, you know, of black men. Because why not? Right. Because um, I know some amazing, amazing black men who oh, do. Stop it. <laughs> Who do who do great things, and I'm like, yeah. why not have their stories recorded mm. too? So that's what the premise of that platform was meant to be. Dope, dope. Mm -hmm. So we are clocking an hour nearly. Mm -hmm. um, I think my last question for you would be, where does Yaba evolve to from here? From here, I think I've been. <laughs> evolving uh or i've been transitioning into like a higher form of myself since i had my baby girl mm -hmm. um recently i was sharing with a friend that i feel like i am evolving into like the higher state or space of you know womanhood right mm -hmm. so um I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like other women who are listening to me may know what it is that I am talking about. <laughs> but um, I am. I am evolving. I am growing. Um, in the sense that I am. I don't think I am censoring myself as much as I probably would have done. You know, like three <laughs> years ago, because I just don't feel like there's any time. To do that, and again, you know, I am obviously I I am who I am as a result of the people that I am surrounded, um, surrounded with. So I have amazing, amazing, amazing women, um, who I guess I have the luxury of calling my friends, who mm. um, are older than me, but they bring me so much in terms of just watching them move and navigate the world in the way that they do. You know, teaches me. Mm. quite a lot so i am glad that in terms of um you know who i aspire to be um i don't have to look far at all and those people add so much value to my life but in terms of what's next for me i guess professionally is to continue working within my realm of communications mm. i am looking to create a lot more now that i am in my own space yes. i feel like energy you know things have been cleared i had now have the space and the time to 
dedicate to that and I am excited about bringing my daughter along mm. on the journey because I mean I include her in everything that I do um I think very soon enough she's probably going to start telling me off because I <laughs> like to she's like my little you know handbag I just take her everywhere because I think it's very important for her to be surrounded by people doing stuff and that's how I grew up I grew up surrounded by adults which is why I am able from when I was young I'm able to have conversations mm. with adults because you learn so much more and you absorb so much so mm. I think I'm just rumbling now but um, I'm in a very good place right now um yeah so I've spoken about professionally continue to do my thing continue to create and maybe hopefully some twins in like five years. Okay. I just, I, I want twins. Men, are you listening? <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> they have to know, we don't, no, we don't no. boys or F boys. No, yeah? I don't, yeah, men. All right, cool, so. <laughs> so, lastly, absolutely lastly, lastly, lastly. Yeah. Do you want to be followed, found? Where can we find you if you want to be followed and found? <laughs> I do not want to be... Like, what do I even answer to that? Um, yeah, I've seen, like, your, your IG, but it's no, okay. No, because I'm on... I like that. No, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be followed or found. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, if you find me, you find me. If you don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need it, so... Dope. Yeah. I like that. Absolutely Amazing like stuff. that. So we've come to the end of a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful pod. Yeah. With good friend Ooh. Yaba. I'm afraid that's gonna sound pretentious. Like what? good friend. I don't know. I don't need to be found to follow it. Like But you don't though. The truth <laughs> is we actually don't, you know? Yeah. Like if I if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I wouldn't be on social media. I'll yeah. probably have some kind of ghost account and just watch everything and just not say a word. Because I think I've been, I've made my peace with it, which is why I don't know if it was this, if it was you, I was having a conversation about it. Um, because I work in communications, right? So I have to be on social media and stuff. But I've realised over the last couple of years that um, I actually enjoy just living without having to display what it is that I do. I just feel like it's a lot of energy that goes into mm. it, which is why I like to keep it separate and, you know, use it, use it for work. And yeah, yeah well, that's, that's just how I feel. In the scriptures it writes, you shall know them by their fruits. Voila. Yeah. So, and we, there's many verses about Jesus displaying his fruit and then slipping away and say, don't tell them about me because yeah. they shall experience me and they shall know me by my fruits. So I guess we shall know you by the fruit of Yaba. Yes. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That was great. It's the AVP International AVP and Friends podcast. Peace and love. Bye.